everyone to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry, with me, as he always is, and forevermore will be, Eric, the Whiskey Mutant. You can't see me, my time is now. You can't see me, my time is now. We, we I'm both, the franchise. We just watched uh, Peacemaker. We so. did. <laughs> <laughs> I've not finished it yet. John Cena rules, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit in uh, tips and bits, I'd say. We will. But, um... Hello, welcome back to another episode. How are you? I'm happy to be here because... You've worked four nights straight. I've worked four nights. <laughs> it's been long nights, and we have a table in front of us. A I table. love this thing. It's I love so this good, thing. dude. I didn't think that it would improve our lives so much with recording the podcast, but it's like... New year, new us. New year, new us. New table to us. New um, spot to just put bottles everywhere. Yeah, they are literally everywhere on the table right now. But that's awesome, because it's yeah. right at our reach. We can just grab it. We can put stuff there. We can play the drums. We can make... <laughs> secret bottle comes out <laughs> the bottom of the table. Yeah, so now instead of floor whiskey, I have table whiskey. Yeah. So um, I'll explain to where this came from for anybody <laughs> listening. Like, what the hell? Um, yeah, I didn't just go out and think I'm gonna buy a dining room table set for the podcast. No, uh, Lucy was out a couple Mondays ago, and <laughs> she was walking a dog, and I get a picture from her, and she goes, "Do you need this for your studio?" And it was this table and chair yeah. set. And then you forwarded me the message and said, do we need this for the studio? Well, because I wanted your input yeah. on it. Because initially what we thought is that we were going to put a couch in here. Right, right, right. We've and been I mean, talking about doing something different for yeah. a while. So now like, we've still got the club chairs and everything. I've still got... like This is going to be my editing space yeah. more than, than this will be up here. There's so because, much room for activities. Yeah, just because like I can only sit in like a dining room table chair for so long. I feel um, like you are free now. Like, what, what do you mean? Like you have all this room to like do your hand thing and do all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to bump into the, yeah, the bar not, You're anymore. not like kind of constricted to like the little spot over there. <laughs> well, I will say, I feel like it made my live stream look a hundred times better it looked, too. It looked good like and and i was mostly just working off of like what i had you know at the time but it was just like me like squeezing my way into one corner of the frame and everything and now i'm like front and center yeah. and i can like look right at the camera and everything We're, we talked about trying to figure out how to get this filmed too and like where i flirt first put the God, camera flirting over here where i the, flirted he got flirting with i people flirted with the now. camera i'd sent it a uh love note oh, it's said all, it's, it's that thing where it's like oh not one of those facetime calls like, <laughs> but <laughs> geez. um but where i first had it it was way too far away and you could see like all the crap that i don't want to be in the shot um so we'll we'll figure something out yeah but Hang Swan up on the wall somewhere. Too. Yeah, we need to hang both of you all up on the wall. That, and we need to get your uh, barrel head over there. Like, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we got time. Yeah, we can figure it out. We also we'll got figure time. Figure it out. We also got time for some flying blind. But Ooh. before we do that, uh, I got to remind you all where you can find the show. It's at my bourbon pod on all social media channels. Uh, you can leave us a five star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. Uh, it looks like we have a couple new reviews that we're gonna get to oh, maybe wow. next week. Okay. Uh, I looked at it today and I saw that there were two new like ratings, but I don't know if they're actually reviews or not. And those usually take a few days to process. Our ratings. But, they rated the door. Yeah. But uh, also, thank you everybody who has been rating the show on Spotify as well. We have a solid five star rating. 
nice. on Spotify. So super cool. Um, we we'll got about. S- we'll see next year when your thing pops up that says most your Spotify list. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. We'll see if you're true to your word. Well, we've got about half of uh, the ratings that Bourbon Pursuit does. <laughs> They've got like 25 and we've got 11. They're just so, over there doing quickies on the, on air, so I don't know anything about that. That's I I refuse to debase myself down to doing a quickie on air. Yeah. I mean, I know they've been around for a while, but man, like just doing quickies on whatever, air like whatever whatever keeps the love alive. That's fine. Yeah. But look, we are committed. And you are the only listeners for me. The person on the other side deserves more than just a quickie. Absolutely. They deserve... I'm not going to go there. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you can also support the show on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, for as little as five bucks a month, you get some bonus content, including pours from the floor pours and one of our longest pregame chats ever that we wow. just did. It was fun. Um, it was good. It was a little rowdy, but that's okay. But now it's time for Flying Blind as I readjust myself into this chair. Flying Blind. No snacks this time. I didn't have a chance to get any new snacks. Oh, wow. So you know what this is. I do know what this is. I this was not. actually provided to us by listener and sh- uh, friend of the show, Darren Wright. Darren. And I have a couple samples from him, by the way, that I need to give you. This is like brown sugar mania right now. Oh, yeah. It's like putting your nose right in a jar of brown sugar. It's a little dry. (laughs) A little leathery. It feels like squeaky. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whoa. Yeah, that's drying as hell right now. I like it. But that's good. I I mean, it's it's, it's got some... Really good flavors, but it like my first impression was just that I need a sip of water. It's like, um, it's like an apple turnover. Mm. You know, it's like apple, but it's got like that kind of like a uh, glazed uh, donut type deal, like mm-hmm. glazed donuts and apple. But then, yeah, dude, it dries you out on the end. You have any guesses as to what this might be? Mm. Is this a weeded product? This is indeed a weeded product. It it like the initial like hit on the palate made me think it was weeded. Yep. Is it Heaven Hill? It is not Heaven Hill. No. It just doesn't read like a maker's. I don't know. Is it is it older? Nope. No. Pretty new. <sighs> Pretty new. Well, I did... <laughs> doesn't read like a maker's, but if it feels weeded and it feels like it's about one fifteen ish. You are so daggum close. It's one sixteen. One sixteen. One sixteen. Single barrel. Nope. DNA. It is the 110 entry proof oh. maker's DNA. When you said 116, I was like, if it's not a single barrel, it has to be one of those. Yeah. So I like the 125 better. 
Yeah. Or the 120 entry proof. 125. <laughs> Is it 125 entry? The one yeah. we okay, had. Okay, yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember if it was 120 so one entry was, or 125. 125. So this one was 110? 110 entry. And it came out 116. Yeah. Wow. Lost a lot of water. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's legit though. But I like it. I like it quite a bit. It's a turnover. But I definitely think that the 125 is better. Mm-hmm. Um, this. It it's weird because this doesn't quite read like Maker's Cast Strength. No, that, but this I, is I, like what it would be. I, I mean, I thought this was going to be an old fits. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's too hot to be an old fits. I don't know. I thought it might have been like that, like around that, like 11, the sixteen. Like 13. Oh, I, I was thinking yeah. like about thirteen or so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think this is such an interesting experiment, an interesting project that they tried. I don't know what else to say. I've the 125 a, is better. I've got a sample of the... Um, I can't remember how many they did. There's four. 110, so 110. 115, 120, 125. I feel like I... Um, this one guy that... Uh, he's on Instagram. Um, he does bourbon daily. Not really, because uh, he does not post daily. Yeah, he's he's really slacked off on yeah. that reason. Um, he gave me some samples of the dna that he had and i can't remember i know one is is not the 110 so we may compare some more so yeah i don't know that'd be fun i'm not gonna say who it is though <laughs> don't give him the <laughs> don't give him the cred <laughs> it's really funny to me <laughs> even though we mostly said his handle <laughs> oh man eric what have you been drinking recently um like one you've had like one day that you could drink anything so <laughs> yeah i have i had a uh i had stag junior batch 13 uh the other morning when i was pairing with some fudge round donuts which were amazing <laughs> um and i uh the night before i had my big stretch of work i took a um play out of perry's book and i got a a perry pour a perry pour <laughs> i did <laughs> I peri poured a uh, the rest of my A one twenty one Lodge Creek Barrel Proof. There you go, um, and it was really good. I'd forgot. Like I, I feel like I still like B batch this year. Um, I actually just got the C batch from Ernie's. Oh, did you? Yeah. Whoa! Um, I almost spilled my makers. <laughs> that was close. Yeah, this table's great, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hadn't had that since, uh, I had some of the bottle you got sent. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, f- I killed my A121 and I enjoyed it a lot. Nice. And then the stag, that's, that's about all I've had. And I brought that, um, Nashville Barrel Co. over. Man, that's so that good. During pregame chats. So, so good, man. Zeke, you did a great job. Yes. I would say. If he were listening to this. But he probably isn't. But you know who is listening? John. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Right in the gym I, right now. <laughs> earning his bourbon. I, I think it's really funny that we have like started a slight beef with Zeke, even though like he's literally done nothing to us. He's done more for us than nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is really, really funny yeah. to me. When something comes out like it's Zeke that like he's like, I'll get you something. So <laughs> we'll see. Um. So 
what have I been drinking? Uh, I ran through High Acres over here. You're d- you're um, done with that the Logic Craig Barrel Proof about ba- ba- Oh yeah, it's uh, completely it's completely gone. gone. I, I actually haven't had be. any of it this week. I don't think. I was like, Perry's like going to go day. through that box like nothing. I had I did like pull out one of the bottles that I felt had a significant amount when I first got it, and I, it was much less than when I got it, and I was like, probably need to hold off on this. <laughs> I'm drinking too much more of this. Uh, but I went through High Acres, and they had two bottles of Benchmark Foolproof. Ooh. So, and I don't think that the guy working knew that I probably was only allowed to get one because I got both of them. He gives <laughs> you a whole case. Take it. It's just Benchmark. <laughs> yeah, I had to run in to get uh, wine for Lucy, and it was sitting. It was just sitting there. It looked like it needed a good home. It's in a perfect home right now. It's in a great home, surrounded by barrel proof. Surrounded stuff. by friends. Yeah, tons of friends. And then I'll kill it. That's how old Yeller went out. <laughs> Broke my heart a little bit. <laughs> uh, but other than that, not really a whole lot different, I would I would say. Um, I did try Blood Oath Pack 4 for the first time, though. Uh, oh, yeah. It was a sample sent by David Levine. So if you want to try some, I don't know if you... Yeah, I'll try some. Cool. I think that's something that, like... We talked about this before. Um, people sending samples, like, we don't have to do, like, a full review or, like, a full episode on some samples. Like, trying it and then just mentioning it, like, I think that's perfect. Like, I'll try all the samples. Here we go. Blood Oath Pack 4. So, how many packs are there right now? Five or six, I think. Somebody's mad that I don't remember that because I have a bourbon podcast. <laughs> Stupid son of a... He should know. I I mean, look. I, after after a couple, like they all start running together. Okay. But I really liked it. I thought it was quite good. Okay. I have not hardly had any uh, of uh, the Blood Oath stuff, so refresh me on the whole... like, Are they like Orphan Barrel type deals? Yeah, they're Orphan Barrels. Okay. It's pretty good. Um, what's the age? Do you know? Does it say on here? No. <laughs> I, lit- I, I know literally nothing about the Blood Oath series. I kind of like when you just get something that like people talk about and you're like, it's pretty good. Like, let's just drink this. Yeah. I'm like, I, I well, just drink it. That like, what's, what's nice about it too is that I don't feel the pressure to like review it necessarily. Yeah. It's just nice to have like another feather in my cap. Yeah. That I've, you know, I can say, oh, yeah, I've, I've had that. And yeah. I remember liking it quite a bit. You're going to be at a random tasting or a random place. And somebody's going to be like, I got Blood Oath Pack 69. And then you're going to be like, you know what? I, <laughs> I didn't had, realize it was that high already. I, I just guess that it's that far <laughs> up. But, you know, I had four and, you know, it, it was like this or this. But, no, this is pretty good. Like, it reminds me of Heaven Hill. It probably is. Probably. Like, you know, like a 10, 11-year-old product, maybe? Let's just let's just look it up. Look at you. You've got a whole, like, <laughs> you spread out over there. you got your computer Dude, set up. Like, I am, you can just do stuff on I'm, the fly I now. am chilling. Uh, so this is from the bloodoathbourbon.com website. A masterful union of three well-bred bourbons, each bringing its own voice. They spelled its wrong uh, to the rich harmony found inside each bottle. 
The first, an extra-aged 12-year-old bourbon, provides oh, a mellow, okay. smooth finish with deep oak undertones. The second, a rich 10-year-old bourbon, 10-year-old, okay. provides warm caramel and honey flavors. The third, a 9-year-old bourbon, Ooh. finished in toasted barrels, adds deep chocolate vanilla with extra spice. I honestly can see now the toasted. like It's mm-hmm. kind of like got a s'more taste. I thought it was about a 19-year-old uh, uh whiskey and it definitely has the s'mores the toasted stuff that's cool i don't remember what the original price for this was i can't remember i feel like i I've saw them at like costco and stuff a lot yeah oh it was about a hundred dollars they come in a box i think Hmm. i kind of feel like after having that i i kind of feel like i would pick it up a hundred dollars i'd i'd for a blend that good. Yeah. I'd pick that up for $100. Especially, okay, so so I've, I've said this before. I have my little um, allowance I set for myself each. Sorry, it's not, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's not Orphan Barrel. It's from Luxrow. Luxrow. I think it's in the same glass that the Orphan Barrels are. It's like a square bottle. Yeah, it, like looks, a, it looks a lot like Orphan Barrel. I apologize for that. No. Um, I'm mostly apologizing to the listeners because I know that they're going to... You don't have to apologize to me. Yeah, so if you tweeted at us about this, about Before how I got that wrong... Before you got to this point... Delete your tweet now. Or just set it there and then reply to it and say, sorry, you, you correct Yeah, yourself. apologize to us. And then it's like, I'm not wrecked to listen to this podcast. Um, but I would... Uh, yeah, like... So I set like an allowance each paycheck to what I will spend on bourbon. And if nothing's come out and I had like a, I was like, I'm, I need to get something. I would spend a hundred bucks on this. Like, no doubt. Hmm, it's really good. Yeah. I was really surprised by it. I mean, yeah. I kind of went into it thinking it'll just be okay. But, oh, you even left me a little bit. I did. I thought you were In just going to. we get another one, we got to compare them. Well, good point. Which means I'm not going to kill the rest of that sample. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting ready to just turn it up. I was up. thinking about it. I was thinking about it. Um, so, what you are about to hear is an interview that I did with Eric's getting off a little easy for the next couple of weeks. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> so, I did an interview uh, with new friend of the show, Drew Crawley, who is a musician out of Louisville. Uh, we talk... A lot about good bourbon, good music, good music to us. Um, but we did talk about your favorite artist, John Mayer, quite a bit. So, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna set up an interview for you. So, uh, a, a musician. Are Just, you now? I'm not gonna tell you who it is. I'm gonna. You'll be surprised. What is this? What are you doing? I can right do now? this. Okay. Don't tell me who it is until it's... We're going to get my side of the music on this podcast. Great. Okay. I mean, I've interviewed different... We need to go to Louder Than Life with the podcast this year. Oh, yeah. Like, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I really want to do Hometown Rising and Bourbon and Beyond again, but being able to do Louder Than Life with you Mm -hmm. would be just icing icing on the cake. Yeah. Icing on the cake. All right. Um... But Drew has also got a new album out. Uh, it's called Tower Songs. Really good. There's going to be a link for it in the description below to where you can 
uh, buy the album and also just stream it on Spotify. Uh, but I hope that you enjoy this. And sure enough, we got Drew here sitting with us. Drew, dude, thank you so much for sitting down with me, man. Yeah, Perry, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate being asked to be on. Looking yeah, forward to this for a minute. You, uh, I, I, I don't even really remember exactly how we we first connected. Was it because of Bourbon Turntable? I think it might have been um, yeah. either that or you know. I, you've got a lot of friends up in Lexington Bourbon Society, and so do I. It's true. Uh, so is, I, yeah. I think we've probably had mutual acquaintances for a while, but I think we've probably connected on socials because of of that show. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. So we'll we'll back up a little bit and try to explain to people first of all who you are and um, some of the things that we're talking uh, a little bit more ambiguously about. Uh, but you are a, you're a musician originally from Oklahoma, right? That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. I grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, played music in the church you know most of my life uh played a little bit around the rodeo opry scene in oklahoma and then moved to kentucky to study music back in 2012 um, oh. that's kind of what brought me in here and then you know the short version is i fell in love with bourbon and fell in <laughs> love with the country music scene out here and then here we are you know uh nine almost 10 years later so yeah. i don't but yeah, that that timeline kind of tells me that we're not too far off in age from each other. Yeah, I don't think we are. I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, going into my 27th year. Oh, okay. So I'm actually so. older than you are. I, I'm th- This August, I'll turn 29. Okay. Yeah. Is- so not too far apart, though, at all. Yeah, yeah. not at all. But that that's something that I... It, it's, it's not uncommon, I think, at this point, especially the closer that we get to 30. But I, I still kind of, like, hold on to that being the younger guy in bourbon you know what i mean yeah like it, it's for sure dude it's that energy that i feel like a lot of people just don't know exists within you know the the lower tier of or the you know the back end of millennials i would say yeah yeah um it's funny too how people don't realize that most millennials are <laughs> almost or at least 30 years old yeah now. yeah um, They're full adults in, uh, in, in every uh, metric of how most people define that, you know, yeah. homeowners and, you know, married with children and have a career job. I got a, job I got a kid. Kind of it's, it's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. But crazy. yeah, man, uh, you, you and I share, of course, uh, a deep, deep seated love for, for playing music. And uh, when you said that you uh nobody i mean of course folks can't see it at home but when uh you mentioned that you grew up playing music in the church i kind of threw my arms up because i was like that's the and and if i find more often than not that that's just kind of how people tend to get their start especially like as singer songwriters or guitar players to just trying to sit in and and figure out in in a less finely tuned state I would say, um, just because, I mean, you're, you're not getting on stage to impress or wow anybody in a church setting, you're getting in front of people to be a religious connection, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you're, you're that that bridge between the, the congregation and, um, their, their deity of choice. Um, (laughs) but it's, it's not an uncommon thing to, uh, I mean, be shaped maybe not musically, but at least in, you know, your history by, um, you know, 
playing playing music in in the church with oh, a definitely. band and, and something like that. Um, yeah, I would say I was definitely shaped by that. Um, yeah, I I still you know uh, I I don't know what your exact background was. I was raised in a uh, a church that was Southern Baptist in denomination. Where uh, through my childhood, we're cooperative Baptist. Okay, so, so. somewhat similar. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I grew up in this church that made the transition through like my early childhood and maybe up through grade school years of like all hymns uh, mm-hmm. and then made this transition into like modern praise and worship music, and, you know, the Hillsong and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think definitely it's fair to say that I was influenced in that because I, I will still hear every melody is like a four part choral harmony. No matter what I do, I can't get away from <laughs> it. It's like the, the subliminal track running under my brain. But right. yeah. Um, for sure, man. For sure. So that, that's cool that we share that. Um, what was your background like in like growing up with that? Did, were, were you always a guitar player? Did you do other things? What no, was your... I, um, I, well, it, it, it started, it, it started that I wanted to play guitar and then, um, it kind of evolved into the, the singer songwriter gene. Okay. But, um, I, like it, it's, it's, something that I haven't, I guess, talked about much in a, in a while, but I, I, I always kind of say that like my first guitar hero was Carlos Santana, right? Yeah. Like he was, he was the first kind of guitar player that I ever really identified as a guitar player. Um, mm-hmm. And then it, it, and it's not like I, I didn't go into playing guitar going, I want to play exactly like Carlos Santana in the flamenco sure. style and, you know, yeah. mess around with all these weird Mixolydian scales and whatnot. But, um, I, I, it, I just always had this drive to do something creative. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I truth be told, don't play guitar as much as I used to, or as much as I should at this point. But, um, I mean, it's not to say that it isn't still a, very large part of who I am and, and what I sure. do. I mean, my, uh, <laughs> my daughter was gifted. It's not by, like you have anything else on your plate, but I've got, a, I've got know, absolutely. I, and, I am know, free as a, a I'm free as yeah. a bird, dude. I, I'm just, you know, just kind of wasting my time in the, you know, in the ether. But, uh, my, my daughter was gifted a guitar, uh, for, for Christmas by her, mm. her grandfather and great grandfather. Um, very cool. And it just, just kind of the, and, and I mean, she's one and it's going to be a while before she's able to play a steel string. Um, <laughs> so in the meantime, I'm just kind of yeah. sitting with it and, you know, keeping it in, in check, but I love that. Uh, it, it, was your family musical, like grandfather and great grandfather, both musical. Uh, um, yeah, her, uh, well, so this is, um, her, her grandfather, which is my father-in-law. Um, so okay. on, Got on, on my wife's side. Um, and, and yeah, both of, both her, uh, both my father-in-law and I guess grandfather-in-law, uh, are musical. Um, and then my side of the, my side of the family as well. Um, I mean, my mom grew up playing piano and violin and, um, my first guitar was my dad's hand-me-down Alvarez acoustic. So, um, cool, man. which I, I still have. And I actually, um, I I strung it for a different tuning, but I still have it like around and everything. But um, it guitar playing was always kind of like what made me want to 
just play music at all. Mm-hmm. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, that, yeah, it's I, the guitar the, music that you gravitated towards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it, there, there was a lot of, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan that was playing when I was really cutting my teeth as a, a young guitar player. And so, oh, yeah. Um, that, that influenced and still has a major influence on what I do mm-hmm. musically. Um, but then, like, John Mayer was around, and so I was. Of course, <laughs> hell yeah! Who didn't I, love John Mayer? I, I, I well, I, my co-host doesn't, but that's okay. Just okay, because that's fine. I mean, he was he was in yeah. a he was in a metal band, so. Okay, fair enough. I I will admit on the pod, I have seen John Mayer live more times than any other artist. It's it's a it's a nine currently, hoping to get you know to ten uh, this year. I'm not quite there, but I do think I am. I think I might be in the same boat. It's either John or <laughs> Dave Matthews band. Um, yeah. So can't go wrong with either of those. <laughs> man. That's awesome. I think um, we might be kindred spirits. I, I really <laughs> think we, either. yeah. And we haven't even gotten to talk about the, the, the bourbon aspect of all this yet either. Uh, but talk a little bit too, because I mean, you, you've got one single out right now, yeah. Angel. Yep. Um, and it's it's a lot more country influenced uh, than some of the folks that we were we were just talking about. But uh, why why did you kind of find your niche within uh, country music? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think I a little bit always kind of gravitated towards um, country and folk stylings. Uh, just that was the music that I kind of grew up around. Um, not to, to delve too much into the background, but I, I grew up in a very, very conservative uh, home. You know, not Christian music was not allowed yeah. um, until I was probably 15, 16 years old. But uh, you do wow. have these these artists. I know. That's a I long know. time. Um, <laughs> it was. Um, definitely. Um, but, you know, you, you do have all these artists that kind of come along in the Christian scene at the time that were kind of a little bit gateway druggy. So you have these legitimately good guitar players, um, Phil Kagey uh, and Stephen Curtis Chapman and a few others yeah, that are just yeah, like yeah. kind of out there on the periphery. They're not anything you do in church on Sunday morning, but they're like legit good guitar players and legit good songwriters. Um, you know, even if that's not necessarily anything I would resonate today as an adult, that was sort of this entryway. And then I found John Mayer's music. Um, and uh, you have all the things that leads to um, with Stevie Ray Vaughan and Hendrix and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you start falling in love with all this sound. And then I remember, you know, being uh, in, in my late high school years, um, visiting family up in Kansas as uh, my dad's side of the family and being riding around with, in the truck with my, my grandfather, my dad's father uh, and listening to highwayman records. And I was like, wow. Oh, this is a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Um, the lyrics were coming from such a different place. The guitar playing was coming from such a different place. The, the, um, you know, the vocals were coming from such a different place than anything I'd experienced. And I, I know that authenticity is a big buzzword right now. And it's yeah. kind of BS in the music scene. It's like authenticity just means you write what you feel like, isn't that what anybody's doing? <laughs> the country, country and folk music doesn't have a, a, a corner on the market of authenticity but that was kind of the first time something connected with me is like oh this is for real for real yeah um so the other kind of background to this is i grew up as a piano player i didn't i didn't pick up a guitar until i was 14 
Yeah. Um, so my, my mom is super musical and, and kind of grew up uh, with all of us kids in piano lessons uh, from the age of four kind of on. And so that was kind of the transition of, you know, late middle school, early high school, finding all this music, falling in love with it, kind of secretly downloading things on the iPod uh, that we weren't supposed to have right. and falling in love with all that music. And country was kind of the first love for me. Um, and then that really took off uh, once I moved to Kentucky. Um, I started kind of listening to all these older artists. Uh, started obviously with the Highwaymen guys, but then you get into people like Sergio Simpson and Jason Isbell, yeah. uh, even people that are more in the dirt emo scene. Um, Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Got Rustin Kelly um, and a few of these other artists that just really started putting this all together for me. So. Uh, Angel and the rest of this project, I like to think, is kind of the conglomeration of all those influences. Um, you know, the record's not out yet, but it's you're going to hear a lot of Jesus. You're going to hear a lot of Oklahoma, a lot of Kentucky, a lot of folk, <laughs> a lot of emo. Hopefully, it's the convergence of all those things kind of coming together. But with country music kind of being that thing that most early resonated with me as an individual, kind of outside of myself and my family, I then or myself within my family identity sure, yeah. that was kind of the first thing that i connected with musically that was just like oh this is kind of like where i live and i i really resonate with that so that was a very long answer to a very short question but <laughs> there you go of course you go <laughs> those are those are the kinds of answers that i prefer though in uh, in this because it allows me the time to kind of think about what what was the you know even the process behind writing some of these songs that that went into it i mean i um my my last full body of work I, I would say that i put out was in 2014 eight years ago <laughs> and wow, you know yeah. like that was a, a collection of songs that i was um what am i now so i was i i think i just had turned 21 um right before the record came out and i um it was like a collection of songs that i had written i mean honestly from the time i was like 15 or 16 up until then um wow, yeah it it's it's like i i feel it i know that there is this notion <laughs> that everybody's process is different right and everybody does sure. their own thing and nobody's gonna write songs exactly like everybody else but like there is that little voice in the back of my mind that goes you are doing this so wrong like there are mm. people who are mm. cranking out songs in day, like, you know, five a day. And sure, it's Brother, not that they're all hitters, but but it like my my writing process just takes forever. And I I, mm. I relish in that because it allows me the time to become more familiar with the songs and you know, I sure. can then kind of allow them to evolve. But at the same time, I mean, God bless. Eight, if if it took John Mayer eight years in between records, like that, nobody would want to listen to him at that point. Yeah, we wouldn't be a fan. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. No, I, I totally hear that. But there there is something to that when you sit with a song for so long and you really refine it and work on it, you can kind of stand behind that more than just a, hey, yeah. I'm going to write three songs a day and some of them are going to suck, but I'm just going to I'm just going to narrow it down. Like, yeah. I, I kind of resonate with you on that just because it's like, well, the songs that I wrote are the songs that I have that lasted. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not it's not all the stuff that's out there, but it's kind of the stuff that stuck uh, with me 
And so sitting with it for a long time is an important part of that process of like, okay, I actually care about this enough to do something with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, the, it's, it's also the songs that feel the most timeless too, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. not, not to say that I, 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 I feel like, saying that a song is timeless when referring to your own body of work is like a little bit uh, it, it's very self-indulgent in in some ways but sure. but like at the same time i mean i don't really want to write music that people listen to and go oh well it was just influenced by you know the the events of 2020 through 2022 or whatever and it just really dates yeah. it it's like you know just something that people can latch onto without having to have had a, a such a specific experience that it almost right, takes them right. out of the the experience of even listening to the music in the first place sure yeah it's it's sort of like a good breakup song or something like that it's like yeah well yeah that person had that specific specific thing but it's sort of universal to the human experience and that's that sounds like that's kind of what you were aspiring to write so so let me get your take on this because this is a a hotly debated topic in in my household and um i i have a lot of respect for this person and and the fan base that they have accumulated over the past few years uh my wife is not quite as as much of a fan not saying that i seek out their music um but my wife lucy just absolutely abhors it i uh, so the, the taylor swift <laughs> i knew that was the name was about to come out of your mouth i could tell from the word go that was who you're gonna talk about. Oh, so God. so here's here's my thing with taylor swift and it, it i i do think that she is quite talented as a songwriter but I do think sure. that the the music that she writes tends to cater to those who have any kind of nostalgia for growing up with her music, if that sure. makes any sense, right? So, you know, lots of people, the majority of her fan base are probably about our age now, mm-hmm. right? And so that would imply that around the time that she was beginning to find fame, people were going through their, like, early relationships and having these breakups and they were feeling these big emotions that Taylor Swift writes about in her music. And so that's kind of like what is allowing her to have staying power within pop culture. And my (laughs) Lucy just doesn't think that she's very talented. Um, And that it just is not, not like I'm not trying to put words in her mouth either, but she, she just finds it to be very, white noisy in some ways okay. like okay. It, it's not exactly what um she thinks <laughs> i should deserve uh attention and accolades the accolades um, i gotcha yeah i gotcha yeah. okay well let me just <laughs> preface this by saying um in my humble but correct opinion on all things musical no i'm just kidding uh, i'm not an expert in this at all here we go here not, we go not at all not at all um so I understand the take on Taylor Swift of saying this is this is a nostalgia thing. It's for specific people in a specific generation. I would humbly submit that there's a deeper level to Taylor's music. Sure. Um, and that's as a personal biographer and as a memoirist. There is a specificity to her mm. lyrics 
that puts a scene in your mind. Um, you know, the, the most famous thing or the most prominent thing right now is all too well with this music video and yeah. the very specific references to dancing in refrigerator light and a red scarf and yada, yada, yada. Everybody knows that song. It puts you in her shoes in a way that I'm not sure any other modern songwriter has done or is even really capable of doing. Um, yes, you can say it's nostalgia, but there is also a very specific talent that comes with, I get to see this experience through Taylor's eyes because she has written this so specifically with such specific touch points of colors okay. and places and memories. I think that takes a really specific skill set as a songwriter to be able to do. Um, and you can say what you want about all the following kind of the, the modern trends of, okay, sure. we're going to go from, you know, fearless to red to uh, ever more. And, and, you know, all these kind of things that she's kind of following what's popular, but you have to also say, okay, this is a person that's lived her life, always famous. And she's always managed to it's connect with a very specific amount of people, a uh, very specific way to give them her own experience very much from a place of, Hey, this is me. This is what I went through. You can judge all the relationship stuff. You can say all this kind of stuff about, Oh, she's chasing popularity. Fine. But there's also a, a generation of people and even a, a generation of people that didn't grow up with her. They can say, Oh, I totally get where she's coming from. Even if that wasn't my lived experience, I know exactly what that person went through, gotcha. what was feeling was experiencing at that time. And I think that takes a very specific um, and very rare talent. So is it my favorite thing? Not necessarily. I just have a lot of respect for her just because it's yeah. really fucking hard to write a song that's that <laughs> poignant. Um, what, one of the, over and over again. Yeah, one of the, the things that I I've very quickly learned from um, the, the last guitar teacher that I had and who eventually we played music together as well, you know, once mm. I, I guess, graduated from being a student, but... <laughs> One of one of the things that I had to just very quickly latch on to was one of his notions, which was even if he doesn't like a piece of music, he can still find something interesting about it. And I think that's kind of yeah. what you're, you're talking about here. Not that it's the most, you know, complex music, not that it has to be the most complex music and not that it has to have diminished chords you know, trailing right. into a minor seven flat five, with the, you know, the, whatever sure. the point, the point's been made, but it, it, I, I don't disagree. And I don't mean to, um, diminish her work either because I, I, you know, things are popular for a reason. It's because they, you know, speak to a, a larger audience. And sure. it, it's, I, I do think that there is respect that needs to be, put on her name and, and her body of work because of um there are so many artists who don't have that that staying power and they don't have that um ability to to mold and change themselves to whatever it is that needs to be altered based on their their surroundings sure well but on the flip side i also know too there is sort of that um impulse or whatever you want to call it as somebody you know and i know you're in the same boat that tries to write songs and play songs but it's like well if you look at this on paper it's like why is this person you know here <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's four chords yeah it's a you know it's it's yeah. an a b a 
CA structure. Like we, we all know how this works. Like we, we can all do this on paper, but why is she there? So yeah. I, I get what you're saying too, to the other extent where it's like, it's, it is a simple art form yeah. on one level, but it's also not. What, um, what, what is that, that th- this is such a weird and kind of kitschy way of, of saying this, but like, I, I do think that there is like within us folks who are creatives that one little glimmer, that one little thing in the back of our minds that goes, don't give up just keep like don't don't yeah. you dare quit doing this but like what is what is yours oh man you know that's <laughs> a that's a really great question i appreciate you asking it um and i want to answer it but i i need to give just a little bit of background i feel like please to, do to yeah give please. Context to the answer so yeah um part of part of my background as uh, a human is walking away from the church um, mm-hmm. and really being kicked out of the church uh, in, in a lot of ways. And there's a long story about that. Ask me about it sometime over a drink. I'll tell you this is not the context for that, but um, part of my journey as well is addiction um, and substance abuse and finding my way out of those things um, and sort of finding the full circle redemption of those things is the reason that I picked up a guitar a couple of years ago and decided to try this again. Right. Um, because I was, I was fully in on the church and music. And I thought, you know, I was going to be a, a music pastor at church at one point. Like I thought that was like the be all end all and Dude, losing that you, dream. You, you are speaking just, I, I I feel that story so deep within the core of my being that oh man it, I mean like it was just just and and I don't know what I think that there is just something oh, I don't even really want to go down this path this much but there's something we so can. like but there's something so like fundamentally broken about the way that the church tries to raise children to be Christians it's so Dude, I know. It's it's so like despite the fact that it is enriching and it allows you to find a good community of people at the same time, it, it's like it creates its your your identity for you. It does, and the second that you don't <laughs> fit that mold anymore, you're done. That, <laughs> it's that's the other side of that. Well, yeah, yeah. and and I mean, I it, it's it. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I, Maybe we I, just need to yeah. get a drink. Sometimes I think I think we do. I think we do. But um, <laughs> it, it's it's a very strange scenario that a lot of people find themselves in. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, that, that have have you? Do you know who um, Chris Stuckman is? Yeah, yeah. I know Chris. Have you, have you watched his um, his Jehovah's Witness video? Uh, it doesn't. It sounds familiar, but I can't place it in at this current moment. Yeah. So he um for for context for listeners as well he does video he does movie reviews excuse me on youtube and um a very very gifted reviewer i would say and just very easy to watch and now he's going on to be a filmmaker as well which is incredible to see but um i think it was oh gosh i can't even remember exactly when it was uh within the past couple of years he put up a video on youtube it was like 50 minutes long 
detailing how he was basically excommunicated from the church of Jehovah's witness. Wow. And, and a lot of, a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was chasing his passion, which was filmmaking and the fact that he loved film and it just didn't jive with (laughs) the elders of, of their, their church, of their community. And, um, it's as much as we can like look at what people assume to be the church as a whole right now and go, there are very many things about this that are broken and do not work correctly. Um, there's so much more to it. I mean, it's, it's so much more intricate than that. And I apologize for interrupting your, your story. So not at all, man. I mean, but, (laughs) but we, we, I, I don't mean to speak for you, but I think all of us can recognize that brokenness and our own hurt because of some of that brokenness and say, I wish I could still be a part of that wholeheartedly. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the struggle. Um, I I wish I still fit there, I think is the the thing that comes to my mind um, more often than not. So uh, to get back to the answer, I think that whole process kind of, made me want to give up on music just because that dream was dead. That whole background, that whole place that I fit was dead. Um, and then I met some people here in Louisville. Um, and I came in contact with a couple of other musicians that really just kind of inspired me in terms of, okay, really process what it means to hold belief and unbelief in context, really process what it means to be, an addict and trying to live a clean life that doesn't hurt other people and doesn't hurt yourself anymore. Really process what it means to love bourbon and love the community that it means, but not be an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and so to cut, I, I really came into all these relationships, um, you know, personal, professional, and then just people I admired and was taking in their content that just said, okay, we, you got to explore this tension because this is not done for you. Yeah. And so there, I think the reason I, I don't give up, there's a variety of them. There's some people in my immediate life that are the reason I don't give up and and don't want to stop doing this music. Um, But I think without being a total fanboy here, the one person that I can point to is, is a guy named Rustin Kelly. So I don't know if you know that name at all. I know that name. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So ex husband of Casey Musgraves country superstar. Oh, Um, that's why I know that name. Yes. But walked a very, very similar journey to mine, um, you know, from early childhood abuse stuff to uh, religious stuff, to divorce, to addiction, to every other thing. And he's written all these songs about not giving up to the darkness and about trying to become this better person. And that connected with me on such an immediate personal level uh, for myself coming out of uh, a time in rehab and coming out of uh, some really, really hard times just interpersonally. And the reason I write songs today and try to play these shows and do this stuff is because I want to be able to give to somebody else what his music and the other people that I was around at the time gave to me. Um, so again, a long answer to your very short question, but the reason I'm still doing it, the thing that says don't give up is okay. Well, maybe if I'm honest about where I'm at and what I'm going through, it'll help somebody else the way that somebody else helped me. So I I think that's the bigger connection for me. Do do you ever give yourself the opportunity to say, 
I'm not only doing this because I want to give back in that same way, but I'm also just good at it. Like, do you, do you allow yourself that, that opportunity? Because I think that it is something that not a lot of us are kind of willing to admit, like to, to be, be humble yet gracious and still at the same time, very much aware of what we do Mm. and how we do it and how it separates us from other people. Great question. Great question. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, welcome to this suburban and, podcast. We get as ex- yeah. existential as you'll ever hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe, maybe you'll get this because of your own background as church. Because my my default answer that was kind of programmed into me was like, "Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you to say." But like, all glory to God. Like, anytime anybody would say something nice, like you just you just get your <laughs> you get in your head from a very early age. This is not about me. 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 Yeah. I'm not important. I'm not good. I'm not anything. And then leaving all that behind, it's like, well, I'm the shit. Like, you know, you have sure, that yeah. other far, like, you know, the pendulum yeah. swings. Yeah. Um, and so I think now it's kind of at a place where uh, I hope that I'm good enough. I hope that um, I'm doing this in a way that is as representative of my own talents and gifting as possible. I don't want to sell myself short, yeah. um, but I also don't want, I don't want to have an ego. And I also don't want to sit here and be like, well, none of this matters. I'm not, yeah. this is like, I studied, I went to school. I, I've played music since <laughs> I was four years old. Like I am better than your average person on the street yeah. at guitar or whatever the case may be. But that can be so much of an ego trip at the same time. I, I, I guess I just try to guard and stay in the middle. I don't know. No, I, I, I'm, just, but, I'm trying but to recover is... from two opposite sides of the pendulum. We're always in defense mode, I feel like, in, yeah. in regards to, yeah. to being creative. And um, it, it is very, very difficult to stay you know, somewhere in the middle while being, you know, guarded in, in regard to the, the art that you do create, but, you know, finding ways to, to, to in some ways, shamelessly self-promote what it is that you do, because I mean, your, your biggest advocate for what you do is yourself. I mean, 100%. if you if you get on stage and you muddle through a couple of songs and nobody can understand what you're singing and you're messing up chords throughout the entirety of the, the song, I mean, people people do notice. And whether it's a nervous tick or whether you accidentally got a little too nervous before you got on stage and drank too much before um, you started sure. playing, which um, we've all been there. I, we have. And I, I had to, after speaking with, um, uh, of course his name, his name leaves, um, my brain, uh, oh, there it is. Neil Giraldo, um, who is the, uh, husband of Pat Benatar. Um, oh, wow. And Very cool. he, he founded, uh, steel string spirits and, uh, three chord bourbon. So, okay. Got it. Um, ah, I know those brands. I just yeah. connect the dots there. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So I, I got to speak with him 
uh, and interview him. I, I guess it was last year. I think it was, oh uh, no, it actually might've been tail end of 2020. I think it was, um, but talking about, and, and it, he, he didn't spend a whole lot of time with it. And I think that he rightfully did so, but, um, my, my question was something to the effect of does bourbon ever inspire you to play music more or to write music more? And he's like, you know, I try to keep the two things separate. Like before I go on stage, maybe I'll have a sip of something, but once I'm on stage, I'm on stage and then, then I'll celebrate afterwards. And, um, it's been a long, long time since I've been on stage. Um, Mm. but I mean, that is like a practice that I want to adopt in, in the future because I, I, you know, I don't want it to get in the way of showcasing what it is that I can do. Right. Absolutely. You know? Um, so I think, I think we've talked for a long time in much more flowery language than (laughs) some, some people are, are drawn to, but, um, you are of course also a bourbon lover. Um, you and you and your brother, right. Have uh, your own podcast. So it's, it's not my brother. Why did um, I think it was your brother? It's okay. Well, it's, it's very familial in our relationship. So it could just be the dynamic that we're giving off. So it's, I have a, a podcast, um, we, we're just getting our, uh, RSS feeds and all that kind of stuff up on multiple platforms right now. It's just YouTube and Facebook live, but, sure. uh, it's a, it's a show called bourbon turntable. It's with my good buddies, Kevin Rose and Benjamin Eves. Um, they're both very actively involved in the bourbon you know, community. Uh, Kevin's been a part of the ABV network, uh, for a while and written on several blogs. Ben's a part of a show called my whiskey den as well. And, and written. Oh, yeah. okay. um, but we're, we're trying to do, uh, a new kind of take on some of the bourbon community stuff called uh bar cart collective, uh, or bar cart co-op. You'll hear different names sure. depending on which show you're listening to, but, um, there's, there's a small group of a few shows of us that are really just trying to say, okay, this is more about the people. This is more about the bourbon. It's not about the brands. It's not about the kissing up and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And we, we're the, the thing that draw or drew us, excuse me, to bourbon and kept us in bourbon was the relationships. It's not the other stuff. So trying to kind of circle the wagons on that. Um, and so that show, um, Bourbon Turntable, we do a, a two-part every episode. We have side A, which is us talking about some kind of whiskey topic. And then we have side B. So it's sort of a, an homage to you know vinyl records and all that kind of stuff, which the two of them grew up on. I was an iPod guy, but now <laughs> I have a big old vinyl collection sitting behind me. Uh, so we talk a little bit about the love of music and the love of whiskey every week. And it's, it's a great relationship that I've formed over those guys. Kevin and I have been friends for probably five and a half going on six years. Now we met when I was working as a bourbon steward over at Westport whiskey and wine here in Louisville. Oh, nice. Um, he would, Very he cool. would come in every Saturday morning uh, and order flowers for his wife at the uh, florist that's next door to Westport. Oh. And then he'd come in and have a couple of pours of the tasting room. And I was the guy working the tasting room at the time. So we just got a friendship that way. And then Ben is somebody that we've met over the last couple of years and just a lot of kindred spirits. So, um, try to just represent three different, um, palettes and whiskey, but also three different tastes in music and kind of that's, that, that's our age difference, but it's also just kind of what we like as well. So uh, yeah. I've been very blessed to be a part of that show. It's a super fun part of my week. That, that is the, I, I, I like being able to, you know, sit down 
with somebody and have a glass of bourbon and talk about music in like this capacity, like kind mm-hmm. of not necessarily from, and I, I mean, we do talk plenty about what music we've been listening to and just things that we've been enjoying in general. But like that, that is, I think maybe my dad's ideal podcast is like being yeah. able to like drink bourbon and talk music. And um, so if he, he might have a new favorite bourbon podcast after hearing that you guys do that, but uh, oh, that, that's super cool. I, I um speaking of like side B uh, one of the things that I, and I, I guess in some capacity, I'm like fulfilling this dream with the podcast, but I always thought it would be so cool to be like a radio DJ. Right. Oh yeah. And it, I had a, I had a show for a few semesters in college. Uh, I called, I called B sides. Um, hmm. And it was like, I, th- I think the way that I framed it was artists that you know and love, but songs that you probably don't know by them. So, you I know, like, that. like deeper cuts and, and stuff like that. And, um, it, it, it was fun for me putting like that playlist together every week. And like, I still, and I mean, nobody listened to it cause it was a college radio station that was streaming online, but still, I mean, like my dad listened every week. So that was a, <laughs> that was a win. That's, that's but, absolutely great. Yeah. But like, I still, I still go through and I'm like, you know, this song would have been great for B sides. Like I would have loved mm-hmm. to have had like this, you know, at, at that time and everything. Yeah. Give me like, like an example or two. Like what's something for me, like an artist that I might know that ooh. You, you have a deep cut for him. I'm just curious. I love these okay. kind of conversations. All right. No, 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 no. This is, this is good. So, um, I, I would even go. So of course I'll, I'll bring it back to John Mayer because why, why the heck not? Um, not. have you ever heard his song level? No, I have not. Okay. So, it's it floats around on YouTube, and uh, I think that okay. he, I think he first played it for anybody on like, like a maybe like a Sirius XM, or maybe it was even just Sirius Radio back back then, or like a online radio show or something. And it was just like kind of a demo that he created at his house, just because he was okay. bored and he wanted to put this together, and it was like what if he wrote like kind of a Kanye inspired R and B song? Okay. Yeah. It's, it, it's okay. Got, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really wild. And, and I can't, I, I think I might be misrepresenting some of the ways that he, he described it, but no, um, I mean, it, it, that's, about that. that's essentially what, what it is. And um, it, it's got this. So it's just this, funky awesome guitar line in the background that's been uh split octave wise so it's got like the the regular um the regular guitar tone and then he's got the octave pedal on so it's split it up to a a hot one octave higher um and it's like throughout most of the song but it doesn't like overpower everything it just kind of adds this nice little texture throughout it's a it's a very um it's a very green song. I don't know if you have the synesthesia. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Some absolutely. But it, yep. I, I get, I get a, I hear it. I hear it very green. Um, okay. Some, some like forest well, greens and 
As soon as we get done, I'm going to go look that song up on YouTube. That sounds amazing. It's it, um, it is so much fun, and I mean, it would it would be stuff like that, and whether you know some like live cuts of of artists too. If I was able to you know track down one song that I really liked that was better live, or you know, yeah, yeah. everybody everybody knows "Trouble" by Ray LaMontagne, but they don't necessarily know "Wild Horses" off of um, mm. the the first album, or um, I mean, stuff stuff like that. You know, it yeah, was just such. I a, love that. Yeah. I, I still That's kind cool. of want to like put those playlists together for nobody. <laughs> I was gonna say I think that needs to be a Spotify list. And I think you need to text it to me when we're done. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that for sure. I'll, I'll shoot cool. you the I'll shoot you the YouTube video too for level because it's oh that'd be awesome. Yeah, please a, do. It's I'll, a spectacular. I'll throw song. one back at you. Have you have you heard his song Sucker? It was an unreleased uh, track, part yeah. of the continuum. Besides rumored ones, is is "Sucker" the song that eventually became uh, "Friends, Lovers, or Nothing"? No, it's. I, I think it's the song that eventually became "Wheel." Um, it's it's the chord structure from "Wheel." I don't okay. know if it's "Friends, Lovers, or Nothing," but it's it's okay. similar chord structure. But um, actually, if if you listen to Bourbon Turntable, our theme music is me playing the stupid riff from sucker but putting my own little improvisation no kidding dude that's awesome it was unreleased and it's in public domain whatever like no big deal (laughs) but i was like oh this is a john mary b side i've been playing this since i was 15 years old like you know we we gotta have this as part of the podcast i I just didn't know if you'd ever gotten to hear that so no i need to i need to go and listen to that now i I do like that a lot of this has devolved into us just talking about john mayer but absolutely it's it's funny but it's so funny though because i I find myself just constantly coming back around to his music and his guitar playing. Yeah. And and I think it's a, a couple of things that part of it is the nostalgia for his music, because I mean, sure. it was like the first singer songwriter that I really liked. It's comfort food, right? No, it is Musical absolutely comfort food. food. Yeah. And, but it, it's, it's comfort food that grows with you. Right. Like yeah. I've, I've never felt like he is writing something that I can't in some way relate to. Right. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not pushing 40 in, you know, somebody's phone, but like that, that's just 40 in the friend zone. Yeah. 40 in the friend zone. Thank you. But like, I, you know, I remember what it was like when I was dating and, and, you know, those, those relationships not working out and everything, but like the, the guitar aspect of it too. I mean, like his fluidity and his ability to just like, very seamlessly start playing within a different style and just you know yeah. being being so flexible to fit in wherever he really needs to be i mean yeah yep if you had told me in 2005 that he was eventually going to basically be the jerry garcia of a new iteration of the grateful dead i would have just right? i i wouldn't believe you i wouldn't believe you yeah, at all absolutely. i was i was a uh, you know 12 years old in 2005 um, and sure. I still would have said, I don't believe you, but <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing too, with, with him, it's just, there is a level of transcendent talent that you just yeah. can't quite peg down. And, you know, you can say it's nostalgia, you can say it's comfort food, but I would offer one other thing is that I think for me, and it sounds like maybe for you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe you'll resonate with this is he was one of the first artists that gave me a sense of wonderment and transcendence in his music that was just, Oh my God, 
I mean, nobody's doing what he's doing. (laughs) I and 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 doing it with such a level of expertise that even still, I'm like, I and and I know I know the song like backwards and front. Sure, but there's some of those little just flourishes that he does in Wide Georgia. Like, yes, it's it, it's the the finger picking as, along with the pull offs and hammer ons yep. and just trying yep. to it, the way for somebody, he does the back slap. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I mean it's all in the right hand. Yeah, I, I mean neon still amazes ah. me that that I'll I, never do it. I tried. I tried. tried. When, yeah, I tried for ten years. <laughs> What's a drop C tuning? <laughs> Who fucking knows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, no, sorry um, to cut you off there, but yeah. No, 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 no. Um, we'll we'll go ahead and start kind of uh, edging towards towards wrapping up. But um, sure. Where where is your album going to be? And I mean, it's so, it, I guess at this point, by the time the episode comes out, because it is you know we're recording it. Um, I, I guess literally a week in advance. Um, it, it should be out yeah. by that point, right? Yeah, so it'll be out, um, I guess, 24 hours from the time we're recording. Um, so this will be out next Wednesday, yeah? Yes. Okay, so yeah, so next Wednesday it'll have been out about five, six days at that point. So the record is called Tower Songs. Um, it'll be a- available under my name, Drew Crawley. Um, it'll be on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, kind of all major streaming platforms. Um, so looking forward to having that out. I mean, that's kind of the main ways you can find it. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it besides awesome. that, but that's that's where you can stream it. Cool. Um, it would be a huge help. I, I hate to be that desperate sounding guy, but it'd be a huge help if you could stream it. Um, just because there are some targets with my label that they yeah, want to hear, and I'm yeah. a, a very small time guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, everybody, I'll, everybody can listen. I'll buy a copy on iTunes. I'll stream it on Appreciate on that. Spotify. I'll do I'll do the whole nine yards for you, my man. I'll do it. Gracias. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. I almost quoted the rest of development. <laughs> almost went, don't do the prayer hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess they can't see that. Huh? No, they can't. They can't. Um, but uh, he definitely did prayer yeah, hands I'll, there for a second. You know, also, if you're around, you know, uh, this weekend, obviously, it'll be the release show that won't be uh, out in enough time for people to come to that. But if you want to follow along kind of with the schedule places that I'm playing, there's places you can follow me, you know, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those places as well. So beyond just streaming it and, and hearing the record on your favorite service, um, if you wanted to come out and hang out with me for a couple hours while we play music together, um, you know, it's going to be a, a big spring and a big summer for that. So that would be awesome, too. I, if you just I, come hang out. I think you and I need to play music together at some point. I think you're correct. Um, maybe we can play Days of Elijah and How Great Is Our God, and then we can go into some old. <laughs> no. Sorry, we'll play did Chris, I just we'll play Chris Tomlin's trigger? version of Amazing Grace. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. <laughs> we probably both know it by repressed memory at this point. Uh, repressed or otherwise, I think it's always yeah. kind of floating, like on the the surface of my memory, just kind of quick recall, yeah. but. Anyway, Drew, thank you so much, man. This has been so much fun getting to chat with you. Absolutely. Um, it's been his, my pleasure. His links and everything are going to be in the description below. So go go check them out and uh, go listen to Tower Songs. Super pumped for it. All right. I guess that brings us to Tips and Bits. Tips and Bits. <laughs> 
Eric, what do you have to uh, to recommend to these fine folks this week? Well, I'm I'm kind of just keeping up with the same shows I've been watching lately. So you're still in Yellow Jackets, right? Yellow Jackets is getting ready to have the season finale, which this the episode before the season finale rowdy like it gets crazy really yeah <laughs> like they're starting to touch on like the kind of the how these girls became cannibals and stuff like that mm, okay like, yeah so i highly recommend that and leading into that uh the book of boba fett episode three came out i'm a i'm a little torn on it i know you are there was stuff i didn't like there was parts of it that i thought Move the story along and that I liked and then some stuff that I just thought was a mistake. But a funny thing is the uh, one of the girls in Yellow Jackets is actually in the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. Um, anime. I mean, Attack on Titan, the second part of the season, uh, the final season has started and it was a crazy episode. <laughs> And their uh, their opening theme this uh, this season, it gets me pumped. Like it's on my playlist right now. Like, I actually wrote that. I wrote the theme song for them. Damn! Did you not know that? I didn't know you could scream like that. I I did like once. Like all of it, I had to write in my head. So we could actually write a uh, metal uh, metal song for I, the I podcast. Mean, I I felt metal like intro. I was feeling a little one and done. But I could probably bring it back. All right, middle intro. All you, right. you heard it here. Sometime. Please. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Metal Mayor over here. <laughs> Metal Mayor. Oh. Uh. I love doing that to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's me. Yeah, I I actually, yeah. I um I I wrote uh, Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Isn't there a, like, that sounds like a, um, I think you should leave sketch. Yeah. Or something. The, 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 the music, musician who thinks he can just do, yeah. or, who just does everything. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. That was me. I was a ghostwriter on that. Tell him. Tell yeah. him. Tell, listen to it. That's me. He's got triples of the Barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> My wife was an international calendar model. Oh, my God. She's beautiful, but she's dying. (laughs) She's dying. She wanted to date me. Can you believe that? (laughs) I'm just going to recommend stuff you should know. (laughs) I think you should leave right now. Just go. Uh, I'm I'm about due for another rewatch of it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of rewatches, I just have had this wild hair to go back through and watch The Office again. Um, there was a like in, like towards the end of the year, there was like a marathon on. I think it was Comedy Central. It was like every episode of The Office ever. And so, like, I would catch. I feel like that shows on like three different like streaming. Platforms. Oh, it ab- it absolutely is. Um, well, not anymore. It's all on Peacock. Oh no! I'll move to that. That's yeah. why April wanted me to get Peacock. Get, yeah, because that's her favorite show. <laughs> well, you've got wrestling with Peacock too. Though. That's true. I did. I okay. I did put all the wrestling on there because everything moved. All the pay per views moved. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I I just discovered 
the other day that there are like extended versions of every episode on Peacock oh, really? as well. They call it like are they uncut things? Uh, I mean, they have some like extra things that they you know deleted little chats or whatever that they took out and um like there's a scene that i did not know about in uh the benihana christmas episode where (laughs) where um uh shoot kelly and ryan are out by the dumpster and they start arguing and then in the midst of arguing they start having sex in the dumpster (laughs) rowdy there's like a cut uh, it's like a, a shot of them arguing i think it cuts to them at benihana and then it cuts back to the dumpster Damn. and you just see it from the outside and it's just like rocking back and forth <laughs> but you can hear <laughs> kelly very clearly like I, it's no surprise that it didn't make it to to nbc like to right. air originally but holy crap i didn't think that that was anything that they would have tried with uh with that show but yeah, I've been rewatching some office episodes, just some like comfort food kind of thing, you know. Um we both I haven't finished it yet, but we both watched at least some of Peacemaker. Oh. Fucking rowdy. My uh my cousin who works at HBO actually had some uh he he worked on it a little bit. He did some like trailers and stuff for the for the show itself. So, I saw a trailer for it Back in July. I mean, months before anybody saw. Humble brag. <laughs> I saw a trailer for that. I saw a trailer for the newest season of Righteous Gemstones. Um, there was something else I can't. I, can't I saw something but... early. I ain't going to tell you about it. I showed Barry, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I'll just say this. I think my heart stopped. <laughs> Do with that what you will. But um, it's it's a freaking crazy show, dude. John Cena kills it. I'll he, just say it. He really does. He he just goes all in mm-hmm. on this show. I I think he's doing spectacular work. Don't watch it with your kids. That's all Don't I'll say. watch it with this your kids. This is not the Cena that is. This is on not the WD. Cena you're looking for. This is not the Cena. You can your kids cannot see this Cena. They right cannot now. Cena this. They cannot Cena this. Oh yeah, but you can and you should, especially should. especially if you watch Suicide Squad. Yeah. That's so good. I also, they had a little holiday sale on uh, Nintendo. And I picked up the, um, that Donkey Kong game. Tropical, whatever. Oh, Tropical, Tropical Freeze. Freeze. Yeah. That's one we have on the... Yeah. Uh, I, it, what, me and the kids have that. What's funny is that um, I wouldn't have really thought too much about it if your wife hadn't said anything about yeah. it. Because when we were over there for our Christmas shindig... Yeah. Um, she actually said, have you played the new Donkey Kong yet? And I was like, no, I haven't I haven't gotten to it. And by new, I mean, I think it was one of those day of release titles that yeah. came out with, with the Switch. Uh, but it was like 20 bucks off or something. It's fun. So I, I like it. I mean, it, it's just like, it's pretty much just like the think, Donkey Kong Country from think, the Super Nintendo. I think they keep it kind of the same, but then when the boss fights come, like the they like amp them up more. I like hate the boss a, fights so much. There are like three the, layers to these boss fights. There are, and I'm like, I never am ready for what the little twist is. Like yeah. I, there, I mean, both bosses that I fought so far, I've had to play it through twice. Like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, I also wasn't expecting that my least favorite part. Of Donkey Kong Country was going to be in this game so much, and that's the minecart. 
But oh. there is so much, whether it's like just going on vines or like you've got a little log flume or whatever, there is so much of it in this game. And I like it more now, <laughs> but because I hated it when I was a kid trying to do that stupid minecart ride. That was the hardest part. That was the hardest yeah. part. And it still trips me up some. But anyway. No, it's I, always those that part of the uh, the rail that like just stops and it curves backwards and you're like, okay, when do I got to jump? Yeah, when exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hate it. Hate it so much. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I finally got pizza this week. <laughs> pizza. Pizza. Remember that part in uh, the Ninja Turtle movie where uh, there's, it's the first one and it shows that really horrible animated uh, scene and it shows the baby turtles. And it right. Like, pizza. Pizza. For baby turtles. Pizza. <laughs> I really want to watch that again now. I'm getting to where I just want to watch like nostalgic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love nostalgic stuff. I watch, what else did I? Oh my gosh. Uh, I didn't even talk about this last week. I watched the uh, the Justice Society animated movie that came oh, out yeah? where the Flash goes like back to World War II. Uh-huh. Really good. Really, really good. Um, there's a good couple twists in it that I wasn't expecting. But I'm, I'm liking the new turn. That the DC animated movies I will, are taking. I will say that the DC animated stuff has always been. Oh, it's always I been felt like a level above like the actual real life movies. Like they, oh, for sure. they do it so well. Well, and it it's funny because they do their animated stuff great. Their live action stuff sucks. Marvel's animated stuff sucks, but their live action stuff is great. Right. <laughs> Yep, it's about the exact opposite of everything. Yeah, it's strange. But anyway. Doctor Strange. Hey. hey. Saw a picture of Benedict Cumberbatch working out for Multiverse of Madness. Uh, and he is like ripped. He has to play three different characters probably. Yeah, right? <laughs> we know of at least two. Well, at no, least two. we know three. Yeah, three. We know three because there was the toy that came out and all of a sudden just spoiled something for right. us. But. What about that Whatever. these days? Toys spoiling movies. That's been going on for years now. I hate it. But it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But I will say, I really hope that they do like a Lego set for No Way Home that has spoilers if you've not seen it yet. You better skip ahead. All three Spider Man. <sighs> yeah. Do you think? Oh, no. Oh. If they did a Lego set. All three Spider-Man. And it was the uh, Statue of Liberty oh, that 100%. had the Captain America shield. Yeah. Absolutely. That's got to be what it would, mm-hmm. what they would do. Do you think that they are going to, after such positive reception, bring either Toby or Andrew back for their own solo movie? I think we're going to see something. I think Andrew is more likely to get one. I think Andrew is. will get a Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I do too. Especially with... Everything I read, like all the extra stuff they're doing, they say it's in Andrew's universe. So, like Morbius, which has been delayed again, apparently is which has to... now been delayed more times than New Mo- New Mutants. Oh, was. I read no, I, I read <laughs> so which is insane. No Way Home started filming after Morbius, and it came out already before it. Yeah, and Morbius got delayed again. Yeah. But they said Venom, and it, Venom is in Garfield's 
uh, universe. Morbius is in Garfield's universe, so I really think there's going to be at least one more Garfield. I, I think movie. it's I think it's more speculation that they're in the Garfield universe, just because like there are so many elements that seem to kind of overlap, right. and the tones of both of those movies they seem, seem to, to be, be on the same line yeah. there. That being said, Morbius is still going to be a horrible movie. Uh, we're going to do the episode while we, we are going. I, w- I really, really wanted it to be out this month so that we could go and do it. <laughs> but now we've got to wait until like what April? I don't. Even, did they even give a date? Yeah, they, they did. Said, delayed again. What if they delayed it to put Garfield in it? They, I mean, it's they possible. Could've. Okay, <laughs> it's apparently coming out on April first this year now. April do you think day. do you think that's actually going to happen? <laughs> don't know. We'll see. But I mean if that if if they did delay, I don't think that they delayed it to film extra stuff. I think that they did delay it because of Omicron. Because it's a, a mistake. Well, yeah. But it's a different conversation. I mean, I'm not going to get into this, but I mean, Morbius, really? Out of all the characters we could have had. I still think that they did this so poorly. First of all. say that a hero can save. I'm sorry. We're going to wrap up this episode eventually. (laughs) I cannot stand Jared Leto. I can't stand him. I don't like who he is as a person. I think his acting is atrocious. I'll say it. Ah, uh, they got a couple of songs I that don't I don't mind. Like yeah, well, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just every time that I like see him in something, I just I either roll my eyes or I just get this like full body cringe. I'm a doctor. I hate that line so much. <laughs> oh, you do. It's so stupid. <laughs> the fact that they opened a trailer with that line absolutely just befuddles me. <laughs> Why, why, why would you showcase such bad writing in a trailer that's supposed to get people excited for your movie? (laughs) Are you a doctor? I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. I'm going to hate this movie, but I'm going to hate watch the crap out of it. Yeah, hate watch. But here's the thing. Like... uh, I'm probably going to have to cut a bunch of this out, but (laughs) like the Venom movies are so whatever. Yeah. Like I watched both of them in the same day. I could tell you maybe about 50% of what happened in them just because I did not care. Like I just stopped caring about halfway through the first one. And then I just kind of picked it back up. I was like, Oh look, there's the final fight. Yeah. And then the second one. It just, Nothing. It was nothing. Yeah. It was a nothing movie. The, Woody the, Harrelson is awful in it. The end credits of No Way Home is my favorite Venom thing. Just because <laughs> just because it's in that movie. But I mean, yeah, but then also like it ugh, it's so annoying. It because is. it like set up the end credits for Venom 2 set up like this cool crossover that could have happened. And I know like now we probably are going to see something similar to that. But not exactly. It just ugh, it makes my head hurt. Don't let venom make your head hurt. <laughs> venom, 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 venom. It's a dump song. Venom, venom, venom. 
<laughs> uh, whatever. All right. Is that the show? I think that's the show. That's the show. Take us home, boyo. Take us home. If you want to follow the show on social media. I'm such an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm just dumb. Venom. Venom. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, My Bourbon Pod. Follow us. Get on the Facebook group. We ask questions. We talk. We share memes. I mean, let's blow the Facebook group up. Not literally. <laughs> But I, I There's mean, a lot of good people in no, there. No, I want more people on there. <laughs> I want to see people sharing memes and doing all that stuff. Um, so social media at my bourbon pod. If you want to grab some merch and apparel, it's bourbonshop.threadless.com. Uh, if you want some whiskey mutant merch, that's me. It's uh, whiskey mutant dot. Uh, no, is that right? Whiskeymutant.shopify.com? Yes. Yes, that's it. You and you're also it. at Whiskey Mutant. At Whiskey Mutant on Instagram. I'm and, on and Twitter. And Twitter. TikTok, YouTube, all that. At Whiskey Mutant. I've actually got some new merch going to come out next month. So I got to show you some. I, I can't wait. I think you'll like it. Um, I think you should put the, the, uh, the original Perry Russell shirt up there. I don't. It had to be a pre-order. I've sent all of them out. Yeah, never mind. If you want a Perry Russell shirt, message at Whiskey Mutant, and I can still do that. It's pretty <laughs> legit. Like, like it's a whole full thing. Like, it is. It's pretty good. Um, if you want to uh, send us an email with the questions, or you want to send samples, which we love samples. Love samples. This is my <laughs> bourbon shop. I love samples, Eric. <laughs> Samples everywhere. I see samples in the floor. I see samples on the table. I, see I knocked samples a box of samples over earlier, and I haven't picked them up yet. They're just sitting on the floor. That's how much I love samples. I'm surrounded by them. Well, he needs more to put where he can reach them instead of knocking them over. I love samples. So send an email to thisismybourbonshop at gmail.com. If I you wish wanna... you could change that email. <laughs> well, you can right now. Click a, a mouse. or a. But the thing is, like, would I still get all of the emails if I changed it to a different email? Probably not. See, that's the thing. Like, You'd have to have everything. You'd have to go through everybody that uh, sends you stuff and have it forwarded to whatever you decide to put it as. This is my bourbon podcast email dot gmail dot com. Um, if you want to become a patron of the show, because this show needs your support. It's got bills to pay. And we got to do stuff with that money. Um, Patreon, My Bourbon Podcast. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. And at $5, you get all the extra content. Pours from the floor. We got two new patrons this week, too. I'll let Perry handle that part of that because he's got it on his computer. Over I got there. it right in front of me. It's right on my face, in yeah. my face. Yes. Uh, we had two new patrons this week. First was Patrick Hermiller. At the $5 tier, which means they get all of oh, the bonus content. Fucks. And the jucks. <laughs> well, remember I told you before we started this episode is not getting censored. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like if you are miss- if you are wanting to hear people say fuck and shit and damn. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I'll say it. And Perry will usually edit it. But you'll, get, you'll get an unedited version on Patreon. Yeah. Personally, I'm not big on swearing, but that's just... But, like, that's... 
Like, but you don't care if people swear. No, I don't care if others do. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's just you, and it's just me letting out like my like your pent up rage. Yeah, I just like saying it. Like he's a healthcare provider. Man, he's got a he's got a lot of vitriol stored in his bones. I just want to let everybody hear me say fuck. So, (laughs) and then also five dollars a month from Tipsy Whiskey Shenanigans. Ooh, I've seen. Have they been on the live Yeah, they've been on the past couple of weeks. So yeah. that's a, that's awesome. That's a pretty good little turnaround for us that they like what we're doing that much that they wanted to hop on the I wanna, Patreon. I want to I wanna hear them get tipsy. Like, why do they get tipsy on? Send us a message. Send what? us a message. Yeah. I love messages. Who was our other uh, Patreon? Patrick Pat- Hermiller. Patrick Hermiller. Patrick. I feel like I know you. Do I? You're thinking of Patrick Starkey. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> Hermiller. Like, I've heard that Hermiller. Like Patrick Hermiller, I don't, I don't know, but I don't like, either. I bet you're just doing all crazy sorts of things. Like uh, maybe I saw you in like Kroger or something like that, and we talked. But either way, thanks for joining. Hermiller. Yeah, yeah, I know that name for some reason. I don't know. I'll think of it later. Okay. <laughs> um, I also remembered that we we have a barrel ring. Oh, this barrel week. rings! If you listening want to leave us a voicemail, and we'll reply to it on air. You can call 859-428-8253. It's the Barrel Rings segment, and I love Barrel Rings. You're going to pa- love this one. Perry tried to get me to listen to this earlier <laughs> but so I could be prepared, but I said, no, I want the genuine reaction. <laughs> Perry's laughing right now. Like, oh, God. I hope you're ready for this. <laughs> This is Charlie Brown. Why did you call here? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> did you butt dial somebody from no, the, the barrel no. race? I think the number's being used to like spoof people, <laughs> to like scam them. Charlie Brown? <laughs> it's Charlie Brown. Why did you call here? Just hung up. He didn't even give us a second to like reply to it. <laughs> my goodness. It's my favorite voicemail I've ever gotten. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've like at first genuinely felt bad and I was like, I should probably call this guy and let him know everything. Can we call okay. him back right now? <laughs> Do you want to try? Yeah. I will I will talk him through why why he got a call. Okay. He better answer. What is that area code? Hello. Please leave a message. Please please leave a message for him. Hi, Charlie Brown. Um, this is uh, Eric from This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I have Perry on the other end of the table here. Um, you called into our bell ring segment and said, why did you call us? Um, call you. <laughs> we actually didn't call you. You called us. I don't really understand what's going on, but we just wanted to say thank you for giving us content to put on the podcast. Um... I really enjoy that your name is Charlie Brown. I'm a big fan of the tree, the Halloween episode, and the Thanksgiving episode. Um, If you want to call us back and leave us a message, just redial this number. Um, We'll put you on the podcast. It's a uh, media platform where we talk 
to people. Um, we are a podcast about bourbon, and we also talk about pop culture stuff. So if you like pop culture, which your name is Charlie Brown, I assume you do, um, be sure to follow and subscribe to the show. This is my bourbon podcast. You can follow me at Whiskey Mutant on Instagram if you like uh, snack cakes and bourbon. You can follow Perry at pritter 1792 <laughs> <laughs> and have gone too far. <laughs> we appreciate the bowerings. Thanks. You didn't have to give out my personal <laughs> It's all over, Barry. It's on the it's on the if he listened to one episode, he would know. Oh my gosh, that is the funniest thing I think we've ever done on the show. <laughs> Pete Reader seventeen ninety two. They can follow you on social yeah, media. That's true. Whatever. It's uh, all over. Uh, yeah. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, all right. I think that does it for this week. Next week, we got another interview. <laughs> this is with the guys from Film and Whiskey. Uh, I'm so done. Those guys are cool. They pair they pair whiskey with uh, movies with all movies. the time. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Let's see you soon. Bye, I'm Eric. That's that's Perry. I'm Eric. Hit the music.